0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell O'Gaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng Every time the teacher stands up, you're asking yourself, so when are we going to finish this and move on to something else? How many of you, (laughs) how many of you honestly cannot wait for us to get to something else? All right, so I I, I do think that it's important, amen, that we learn these things. Uh, I'm glad with the conversations that are coming, some of our members reaching out. I'm glad the conversation is stirring. Yesterday, when I put up the topic we want to talk about today, um, a lady, a lawyer, reached out to me. And she said, uh, Oh, I wish I heard this message long ago. I had someone who wanted to, I mean, was all, I'm a good person, I'm all that, I'm all that, I'm all that. And um, at the end of the day, didn't accept the Lord Jesus and passed on. And he said, Oh, I wish I heard this message. I would have been able to speak to him. And uh, that's what we want to look at today Will a morally good person Get to heaven If they don't accept Jesus Praise God And we would look at it from God's word And I'm trusting the Lord that We will receive light We would receive understanding And we would learn from it Praise the name of the Lord Let's pray, let's get into the word Father thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to Receive and together our Faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus, I pray that light And understanding will come forth in and through your word In Jesus mighty name We we'll pray, so we're asking A very simple question and We'll attempt to answer It from the word of God We'll A morally good person Be saved If they do not accept Jesus And uh, many times We are in a culture right now Where we we, We found ourselves In a liberal culture Our culture is very liberal right now It's difficult to There are absolutely no boundaries Whatever is right To you it's okay with you And there are consequences of this There are consequences of this So the first thing is The first question want to ask ourselves where this is concerned Is who defines A good moral person So if I say for instance Would a morally good person Be saved So the first question I need to ask myself Is Who defines what is a good person? Who gives that definition? Right? Yeah. Who who defines what is good? Who defines what is good? Have you been in a situation where something is good to you and is bad to the other person? Have Have you ever quarreled with your friend? You did something that was good. In your mind you thought it was good. And your friend got so upset... Right? So in that, in that situation, who was good? You did something that was good Your friend said it wasn't good Now, who is good? You? What do you think? Tell me, what do you think? Who is good? You Now, you think you're good because you decided that what you did is good So you set your own standards of goodness How many of you know you can't set exams and fail? Right? So the first thing we need to ask ourselves is who tells a human being that he is good? It is because he had decided that that is good. So he sets his own moral standards, which he cannot fall down. So for someone to say, I am morally good, it's just blowing your own trumpet to say well, these are my standards of goodness and I've met them, so I'm okay. Do you understand that? Okay. Somebody gets up and says "Uh, I'm a guy and I love guys and I want to get married to guys. You say there's a problem with it. Why do you think there's a problem with it? To him, that's good. So when we even talk about goodness, it is based on our own personal definition of what goodness is because I can stand up and set my own goodness and say it's good to me. So if it's good to me and it's bad to you, you cannot judge me because that's good to me. So the first question we need to ask ourselves is to say Can a morally good person Be saved or make it a heaven If they don't accept Jesus The the, the next question we need to ask ourselves Is who defines goodness So Is the standard different for each person Most likely In the eyes of those who have determined For themselves that they are good Moral persons It is a standard that each of them Has set for themselves so they are good Based on their own what? Standard And that itself makes it very faulty That itself makes it very faulty Because what is good in one place Might not be good in another place Can I give you an example? Do you remember that at a particular time In, the, in, this, in our continent They were killing twin, twins If you had twin kids They would kill them You don't remember? You don't? Okay. I know you were not alive then, but did you read it? Did you read about it? Was that good or bad? Why do you say it's bad? Why? They are humans. They are humans. No, but the man who went about killing them said he was doing it so that the land would not be cursed. To him, he was. Listen, the guy who went about killing twins was doing good for the land. Can you, see, can you see that? If you ask that man now, why he will say, I'm doing it for, so that the gods will not curse us. So his definition of goodness is based on his limited understanding of the concept of the gods. So you see, this thing we talk about, something being good. We need to understand that even as humans, we do not have an accurate definition of what a good person is. Because in our standard, a good person is whatever standards that we set for ourselves or we determine is good. So you cannot judge, you see, in life, if you don't have one strict standard to judge everybody, then truth becomes subjective and becomes relative. What that means is that truth Will be subjected to my emotions If this is truth for me, I accept it If it is truth for you, you accept it And what that does is that There will be no standard of justice And if there is no standard of justice Then there is no basis of punishment In this country For instance, we've got laws Of course, not all the time we keep the laws But we've got laws Now, if there are no definite laws We cannot know who has broken the law Right are, are you still with me? Yeah, you got to follow? Because when a man says I'm a good person What he's trying to say is I, have, I am good because of Either what we as humans decide to be good hmm? Or I am good Because of what I decide to be good Now can I give you an example Humans have now decided It's okay for guys and guys to get married Is it a bad thing? Don't answer whether yes or no, I know. Is it a bad thing for guys and guys to get married? (laughs) You think it's a bad thing, right? Okay. Now, society has decided it is good. And even nations are being punished for not accepting it. Foreign nations are withholding aids, help from developed nations for not accepting that two guys should get married. Now, how do we do that now? But you say that's bad. But they say it's good. Because the person gets up and says, This is how I was created. I have feelings for guys. I don't have feelings for ladies. And, And then you want to judge that person? So for you, what you define as morally good is, Oh, the person should not be that. But this person doesn't come to church He doesn't believe in God But he does not womanize He does not, uh, he does not cheat He is good He gives things to people Now what you have done Is you've set your own standards of goodness That is exclusive to your emotional preference Which is subjective to what you think is good But is not objective Because it doesn't cover everybody Now when you cross the divide And you fly to another country a developed country, for instance, you now say, Oh, it's okay. That's what they have chosen. That is good for them. And that person also has determined what is good based on the exclusivity of their environment that is subjective to what they believe is good. So, this question I want to ask you this morning is exactly what is good? So, good is subjective because we determine what is good for us. And the other person determines what is good for them So if you say will a good person Will a morally good person be saved The question I want to ask you is Who is a morally good person Who sets the standards for good So if the standards for good Is not set to Cut across all humans Then goodness becomes subjective Are you following this all right. Just follow Follow by faith Undoubtedly, it has been said at a level that we know we can reach. We have a right to believe whatever we want. But not everything we believe is right. We have a right to believe everything we want. But not everything we believe is right. Now, let me give you something. In... in um, in Mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 27 Mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 27 An interesting thing happened there The rich young ruler came to Jesus and says Good teacher And then the man said No one is good but God No one is good but God And you see You know I, I, I really Let me tell you the reason I want to deal with this right No, Mark chapter 10 You start from verse 17, that's the last verse Go to verse 17 Mark ten seventeen. As he was setting out on a journey A man ran up to him And knelt before him and asked him Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone in this particular passage of scripture You realize that God ties goodness Jesus ties goodness To God So when we talk about goodness We are not just talking about moral acts We are talking about nature I want you to follow that When we talk about goodness In the scripture We are not just talking about moral acts We are talking about what? In nature Now If, two things And please follow me very carefully Atheists, those who don't believe that God exists Believes that the creation came as a result of what? Either the big bang theory There was a big bang and creation was said motion, Or the theory of evolution Right? And you've got to understand this There are underlying philosophies Why people act the way they act There are underlying philosophies And Christians must not be too naive Not to understand the underlying philosophy Now Atheists Who don't believe in God Believes that the creation came into existence Because of what? Either the evolution theory Man evolved Or the big bang theory Those are the two theories that are strong Christians We believe that creation came as a result of who? God created, right? Or you don't know how creation came? You think your grand-uncle is a monkey? I don't think so. So, listen very carefully. This is the foundation of the argument. And Atheist believes that we came as a result of what? Evolution? Or the big bang theory. So there was a big bang and the earth evolved. Or there was evolution and we came out from it. They came out from it, not we. Just to be clear on that. And then we believe that God created. Genesis 1.1. Now listen carefully. If, my, if the foundation of my philosophy is what? Then I determine my own goodness. Because what is intangible. It cannot set rules for me, so I congregate my own rules. I need you to follow very carefully. I'm going to read scriptures to you, but just follow the logical argument carefully. Alright? If it is what that brought me into this universe, then I can determine my own goodness. Because if it is what that brought me into this universe, then I'm not responsible to anybody. Do you agree on that? Or do you think that logic is correct? I mean, if your granduncle is is a cheap person, I mean, you can determine what is good, because that cheap person is not going to hold you responsible for doing something. Do you think so? Or imagine all of us we just had blah, and we all just appeared. I mean, nobody's going to hold you to any standards, right? But if my on the blind philosophy is who, then the man who created me is the one who holds me to the standard of what is good. Are you following this now? So, understanding goodness has to come from a foundation of... Listen, what do we actually believe as Christians? If we believe that God created the world, created the universe... If we believe, right? If we believe that God created the universe, right? And we believe the things I've been teaching you in the last two Sundays... That Jesus claims to be the Son of God... And he resurrected. And there are the proofs of resurrection. And everything he said about God is true. That means it is God who sets the standards of who is good. Not our thoughts. Not our mindsets. Alright, so let's go on. If it is God... If God is to determine that which constitutes a good moral person... Everybody has already failed that test Now somebody say What about those who kept the law?" In James chapter 2 verse 10 The Bible says For whosoever shall keep the whole law And yet stumble in one point He is become guilty of all So in fact the Bible says If any man keeps the law and he misses one point Just one point he's, he's guilty of breaking the whole commandment And those commandments The basic commandments we know that God gave the Jews Was 636 636 laws Man there was a guy Who kept the law But he didn't inherit eternal life Jesus said go sell all you have and come give to the poor The Bible says he went back Downcasted He didn't want to follow it Okay Let's go to Romans 3 Romans chapter 3 Verse 23 For all have sinned And fall short of the glory of God For all have sinned now if we believe that the Bible is true If we believe that God created the world If we believe that what God says is true That means God speaks about Now listen carefully to me The depravity of all humans That all humans Listen now Because we talked about goodness being the nature That all humans are born sinners All humans Are born sinners So if all humans Are born sinners They've already fallen short of the glory of God It means that Within them by nature There's no capacity for goodness David said In sin did my mother conceive me People refer that to the fact that Probably uh, He was born by an illicit relationship Between his father and his mother but that that can have a contextual meaning but that also means that everybody who comes in the world is born a sinner that is to say when we talk about goodness we're not just talking about acts we're talking about a nature are you following this? alright do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Or you don't agree? Do you agree that everybody who is born is born a sinner? If you don't agree, I'll just give you an example. Who, who taught you to lie? Did, did any of you attend a short course on lying? Anybody here? Who did a quick course online? lying? We, we teach you how to lie, how to lie, how to manage lies. You know, you can sign up on our WhatsApp channel, just 5,000 for good lies, 6,000 for white lies. How many of you are enrolled for such a curse? How many of you know your children lie by default? They grow up lying. Now, this is very simple. When your children start growing up, you now have to train them not to lie. You don't train them to lie. You train them not to lie. That means the, the code of lying was embedded in them right from birth. And it's you and your, your husband that are the fathers. So we know where they got it from. So you can't say, who taught you to lie? Uh-uh, who taught you <laughs> You're the grandmaster. So that means when you give birth to a child the default nature of the fallen man is in that child already. So the child can lie the child can, and then if that is not controlled if that, is, that scripture says train up a child in the way that you should go if, it, or you will not, if that is not controlled it, it, it spirals into something else. What I just want to say is this, listen. The scripture says that every man is born a sinner. So if every man is born a sinner, the capacity for good is not in every man. Praise God. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and let's look at verse 9. What then... Are we better than they? None at all. For we have already charged both the Jews and the Greeks are all under sin. The Jews and the Greeks. What are the Jews? That even those who have the law given to them are under the sin. Right? As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands God, and there is no one who seeks. For God, you can read that whole scripture down. The Bible says there is none that is righteous. It says whether they be Jews or they are Greeks, it says none is righteous. Whether they be Jews or Greek, none is righteous. So the, the, the fact that, and I'm going to show you from scriptures, people who did good acts and but they still had to receive the message of salvation to be saved. And that is why we need to be careful as Christians because... And I see this going on all the time. I see this going on all the time. And we need to watch it. Because I see where today we have replaced acts of charity with preaching the message. We have replaced acts of charity with preaching the message. And we even hear, and, I, and, I, and I fear for some of our Christian sisters. Because you, see, you, you hear somebody say... I will, I will even just marry A Muslim man who is good Than all these Christians who are hypocritical Have you heard that? Have you said that? <laughs> huh? I, you hear people say I don't, I don't even have friends in church I'm not into all this hypocrisy My friends don't go to church But they are very good people You see, what that, what that philosophy does for you Is you will never preach the message of salvation to them And it's bad Because what you're actually You're watching your friends go to hell On a Ferrari And you're excited about it Because we also have And I'm going to teach about that Who is a Christian? You see, we have a misunderstanding That everybody that sits in church on Sunday Is a Christian I don't know who taught us that There are people who come to church for years They are not born again Are you following this? Because we see that all the time now We see people going into acts of charity, acts of mercy And they just want to be good in the world's standard And they're not, they're not preaching the gospel And someone say, well, when the missionaries came They gave us books, they gave us school But did we not convert from our idols? The essence of their school was their conversion from idols They did not give us school, so we'll be educated idolaters That's what we do today We go somewhere, we give people food We give them drinks, we give them everything And just say no, don't present the gospel like that They will reject it just Just tell them there was a Jewish man Who came, if you like And then the scripture says, listen The scripture says the gospel is the power of God Unto salvation It's the foolishness of the preaching of the cross That brings salvation Okay, so the Bible says there's no one Who is righteous? There's no one who is righteous. So, this thing is a nature thing. It's not just about acts. It's not just about acts. I'll give you an example. You're dating this guy. He's very good to you. Hmm? Very good to you. Very good to you. Whatever you want, he buys for you. Takes you out. Takes you in. Takes you everywhere. You are everywhere. Nice person. But then, this guy, in his company, He's, he's, he's not putting the straight figures Is that a good person? <laughs> you see, you're finding it difficult to answer now Because you're in an environment where we rationalize evil Yeah It's straightforward Is the person a good person? But I want to ask you a question Is he a bad person to you? He didn't steal your money Rather, he's taking you out He's buying stuff for you He's doing things for you But then he's stealing from the company So why do you say he's a bad person? What gives you the standard to say he's a bad person? So you see, this thing about someone is good, sometimes the person is good because he's relative to you. So there needs to be a standard of goodness that cuts across whether it is me whether it is you, whether it is to God, whether you understand what I'm saying? That's where a creator comes in. The creator who creates us now tells us this is good and this is bad. That becomes the standard of judgment. We need to be careful because if we push these things to the extreme, what we're actually doing is denying that there's a creator who sets the standards. And that's why believers. You see, we need to be very careful. I told my wife something. I told her something, and it's coming to pass. I told her maybe four years ago. Right? And I told her, I said, watch what's happening. And you see, guys, you know, do a bit of fashion. Do a bit of comedy. Dress like ladies. Do a bit of fashion. Wear ladies stuff. You know, some would start doing their nails. Start wearing all kinds of stuff. And I said, watch. I said, give... Particularly our nation, in our environment, the next ten years, you're going to see that this gay thing is going to become something we will grapple with in big style. And it's going to start. It starts through three things. I'll teach you about the seven mountains of influence. If any agenda wants to be pushed by the enemy, It starts from three things. Number one, media is number one thing. So what happened? Our soap operas began to introduce gay characters, right? So in the films, you just see a guy that is gay, just one person, just one person, they're not too much, just one person. They build a the movie around. Before you know, they introduce more characters. And then it'll come through our music. Then it'll come through fashion. Let me tell you, anything that is pushed through, through media, music, and fashion, give it 10 years, it'll become a dominant culture. It's, it's, not, it's, it's what is taught in social studies everywhere it's, it's basic sociology If I want to influence the thought pattern of everybody All you need to do is get a hold of the media Act what you want Get a hold of fashion Design what you want Get a hold of music Design what you want Forget about the old generation Target the new generation that is coming Put it in their movies Put it in their song Put it in their dress What you will not have If people will begin to justify Whatever tendencies they have It's very simple And this is where Christians need to be wise. I, I, do you understand what I'm saying? This is where Christians need to be wise. I know the popular show going on now. There are believers who have sides. Hmm? Say this one must win. Hmm? I'm following this thing, <laughs> and I laugh, and I laugh. See, I'm a mature person and I know how to... No, it's not about you being matured. It's about you collaborating with the agenda of the enemy. And that's why there's no struggle with cohabitation. So they go to the university campuses, you'll find a lot of people who stay in with people they are not married with. That's where it starts from. It becomes normal. It desensitizes your conscience. The devil is not playing. Yeah, the devil is not playing. Because it's just normal, it's 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 entertainment, it's packaging evil in the form of entertainment, and we're fine with it. And what does that do to us? Listen, what that does to us is it desensitizes our conscience to the truth of the gospel. You see, I'll I'll say this. I, 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 I have time to be. I'll say this, and I say this all the time. What we even call commitment to the gospel today is not ten percent of what the price people paid. To bring the truth to us. What we even call sacrifice. You know the way we. Ah, I'm sacrificing a lot for the kingdom. Zero. Nada. Nothing. You haven't sacrificed anything. Nothing. This is just normal. Based, you know when you just say you are struggling to make it above the line. There's no outer of sacrifice there. Do you realize that people have turned down jobs. Hmm? People have turned down jobs. Because they were required to bribe. In I it, in I it, Reverend, and our pastor's came in, Reverend Emiko was telling us of a top person I won't mention the name of a top person was in, in charge of an organization in this country Top organization, petroleum organization in this country And they, they had written a contract that wasn't too straight, it wouldn't benefit the nation The guy came in, into power and saw the contract and said, I can't sign it And the people came and gave him close to 10 million dollars I just want to give you He says no My faith will not allow me to do it He says after one month They came back And said We are not giving you We just want you to use it To build church Support missionaries You know Because you know Some of us think We can do evil And bring the tithe And then the tithe Because the word Have been taught about the tithe God will not cleanse the evil Go and read Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 Amplified version It says Honor the Lord With the first fruit Of your righteous labors Amplified puts the word Righteous labors there The offering that honors God Is the one that comes From righteous labors because people can steal today and bring the offering. Again, we're coming back to this issue. We determine our own morality, we determine our own goodness. And the guy had to resign. You know what $10 million will do? Nobody will know. And you would sign a contract. That is like sometimes when people say things I and say, I don't just know I happened. God just ah, this thing. You need to be careful. You need to be careful. I'm not saying God doesn't work miracles. But if our nation, listen, if we're to stand up in this country today and say, every Christian who occupies a position, let those who have not either partaken in bribes directly and indirectly stand up. I know some of you are saying, don't just make that altar call." Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where the challenge is. That's where the challenge is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you can stand boldly and say I have not taken a bribe for this position or I didn't get into this position because I compromised something. Either compromise my age or com- because there are people today who don't see anything wrong in swearing affidavits. Multiple age. Is it, that is it. it. That's where it starts. Those little compromise, everybody's doing it, you do it. Everyone is doing it, you do it. What that does is you're writing your own standard of goodness and you're justifying it with evil. That's why you don't have the moral right to preach to someone because deep down on the inside of you, you know you have established your own goodness. Are we still having a good time this morning? It's good. Three things. Number one, we must establish this. Every person who inhabits the planet was created by God. Acts chapter 17. So, it comes back again to creation. So, that's why when people are talking to you about this, you need to have these things. Because if somebody does not agree, you see, all of these things we talk about, they are foundational philosophies. Acts 17, please, 24 to 26. Right? Now, look at this, Right? If, if, if somebody does not agree that God created them, then that's a problem first of all. Yeah? So, everybody was created by God. We agree that. That's what the Christian faith believes. So uh, I said you should read what? 24 to 26. The God who made the world and all things in it Since he is Lord of heaven and earth Does not dwell in temples made with hands Nor is served by human hands As though he needed anything Since he himself gives to all people Life and bread and all things And he made from one man From one man Every nation of mankind To live on the face of the earth Having determined their appointed times And boundaries of their habitation That they would seek God if perhaps they might grow up for him and find him Though he is not far from each of us So first of all we understand Underlying philosophy God created All men from one man And when that man fell The seed that proceeded from him Had the fallen nature That is why you see The first creation, Cain and Abel The first uh, kids um, Cain and Abel When who now? Cain, bro. Right? He didn't take lessons in murder. He didn't take lessons in murder. Did you see where Cain signed up for a WhatsApp class on murder? No. What happened? That's the nature within him. That's why when you become a child of God, you have to spend time on the Word until the, the nature of Christ superimposes itself on you. And that's why your mind needs to be renewed. All of us are capable of evil if we're left without the grace of God. That's why when people do certain things, you wonder, how can somebody do this? If somebody can do anything. Oh no, somebody... You know in the Bible, a woman actually offered the children to, um, when there was famine in the land, said they should boil their child. You know if a woman offers that the child should be boiled, you will know that anybody can do anything. A woman. Even when God was comparing his goodness, he says, if a woman cannot forget her suckling, I cannot forget you. God uses a woman to talk about how He will not forget us. Then a woman comes. Say, "Ah, oh, sister, ah, they say, ah, this I okay. I have one child. They say you have one. Say yes. Let's eat my own today." I mean, that's how I put the stories in the Bible that make meaning to me, right? So they cut the child. Say, "You don't. Know, you get the hand." they say, "This is the leg." I mean, and then they boiled, and then they ate. I and mean, imagine them talking over a table, and what they are eating is the, is the boy's hand. Try this finger, sweet. <laughs> it's it's for me, no, it's not for family. No? And then she okay, it's your turn. And the woman said, and then, now nah, let me tell you, if that woman did not refuse, those two, uh, of course, I'm using women because that's what I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would have eaten. But, <laughs> but I'm saying that if that thing, the woman did not refuse, they would have done that deal behind the scenes. And when you see them in church, I say, I surrender. I say, this is a good person. Yeah. (laughs) So you understand this. And I'll talk about this. Because when we stretch goodness, we don't even talk about the thoughts life of people. Because they are only good because we see their acts of goodness, but we don't see their thoughts. So Jesus says that if you look at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. So, somebody can undress a woman with his eyes and his focus. And the, the focus, you think that this guy is paying attention. Mm, I've never seen somebody. And the person has pulled shirts, pulled pants, pulled everything. And he say and he said, this guy is a good man. When they are preaching, just looking, looking. He's soaking in everything. Pastor is saying, meanwhile, the man is, 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 is in the bedroom. So, how does that man become a good man? Do you understand these things? I'm, I'm using extreme examples to just tell you that this word, G-O-O-D it's a nature it's not an act so when you stand and say I'm a good person, God should accept me because I'm a good person God is watching let's leave your acts what about your thoughts that's why righteousness is a gift Are you hearing what I'm saying? We now have to be humble to say, God, you know what? Of our own selves, we cannot be good. It now points us to the need of a Savior. So, to establish your own goodness so you can make heaven without Christ is to be proud to say, I don't need a Savior. And that is the underlying fact. The underlying fact of why people push their morality in front is because they don't want to Recognize their need for a savior Because they don't want to accept the verdict of God That all men have sinned Praise God Okay So number one We established that every person was created by God Number two You know very interesting Oh okay I think I have time Very interesting I'll tell you a story about this verse Right I was traveling I think last month I was coming from Worry And I was traveling And I was traveling with this guy And we're talking He says I don't like pastors All these charismatic pastors I mean you know, it's like you walk somewhere And basically say he doesn't like you You know, you say oh, these charismatic pastors all oh, they're about money and everything so, so he said something So I now said, oh, wow I said, how many pastors don't you like? How many have you met? He said, uh, uh, I've been to church a few times I watch a lot of them on TV And I said, okay So we're talking And then he, talked, he said something about culture So he said, Christians don't allow people to practice culture You learn all of that so I told him I said uh, do you do you do you go to church he said yes oh he's a christian i said have you read acts chapter 16 he said yes so i said okay so i engaged him with acts chapter 16 all right let's let's read it let me let me show you the engagement i engaged him okay we read up to verse 27 uh, verse 26 God says he created every man, determined their habitations and their boundaries, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grow for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live, we move, exist, and even some of our own poets have said, for we are also his children. Being the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver stone, or an image formed by art, what? And the thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance God is now declaring to men That all people everywhere should repent I said the issue is this By the thought of man Man creates gold, silver and those things And infuses the divine nature of God upon them And starts worshipping them But those things According to Acts chapter 6 chapter That we just read Was designed to lead man to seek for God so I give him an example. What happens in a masquerade? If a masquerade wear all those things, they wear bead, all of those things. Whatever is a masquerade is every natural thing that was taken to dress up a masquerade. You know a masquerade did not come with dress, right? And me and you know that the masquerade is your uncle. Right? Yeah. So the masquerade is your uncle. Not my uncle, but your uncle. Alright? So they take a cloth, red cloth, regular red cloth. They cut it in pieces, right? They take a regular mirror, they cut it in pieces. They take wood, they take palm front. They now wear your uncle that, and then he starts dancing, and then we start offering sacrifices. That's where the mistake is. We have, by our own thoughts, infused the divine nature into that masquerade it is the same red cloth you wear it is the same mirror in your house it is the same bead you will wear do you understand what I am saying but what now happens is that we all now agree and infuse power into that thing that is where culture is bad culture is not to take us from God but to take us to God so the guy was like which school did you go to I just read the Bible and that's how it is You see, most of the people that have a problem with the Christian faith They meet people who cannot engage them I did. There's no way the Bible says that culture is bad God created culture God created everything But what we do is that he says Listen, we should not think that the divine nature is like gold, silver or stone Or an image formed by the art or the thought of man Immediately we have that thought We move away From the true worship of God into idolatry. So what is idolatry? Idolatry is simply where man infuses power into creation. That's the problem with idolatry. Amen. And the guy was like, wow. Wow. There's nothing wow there. It's simple. It's just because all the time when you go to church, what you just hear is, there's an open door for you, divine breakthrough, things will turn around. So you've never used your logical mind to engage the scriptures. Christianity is logical. It's intellectual. Christianity is... It can be proven. There are places for miracles and the supernatural, don't get me wrong. But what I'm trying to say is listen, we are not dull people for believing in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not just a mysterious thing, oh, 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 and I believe in Jesus. That's not just it. The Christian faith can be proven, the Christian faith can be defended. Don't make people make you look like you are dull. That's why you became a Christian. Don't make people make look like you don't have anything to believe. That's why you became a child of God. Are you following what I'm saying? Study more, go after the word of God more. This thing is not just a figment of an imagination. You know, oh well, I don't want to go to there, but someone told me something. He says you people are following a white man's religion. And I said, That logic is very, very bad. It just shows that you don't know geography. How many of you know when Jesus was brought out from from um, Jerusalem, Israel, and when God wanted to hide him? Where did God send him to? Is Egypt a white man? Egypt is Africa. It's not Africa. You know, North Africa is close to Middle Eastern regions, right? North Africa is close to Middle Eastern region, right? That is the culture that was closest to where Jesus was being born so that there will be no culture shock. The culture was almost the same. In fact, we have more of a Middle Eastern religion. It's more Palestinian than American. The only thing is the American people took the Gospel, packaged it, printed it and brought it to us. It's not a white man's religion. It's even closer to us than it's closer to them. Just, just zero, zero sense of geography. And somebody say, "Well, why don't you allow us worship all these our gods?" And I say, and, I, and my, my, you know, my grandfather was on the other side, was a big guy on the other side. <laughs> my, my own father is on this side. So I engaged my grandfather one time, and he was talking about why we need to sacrifice chickens and everything and everything. And so I told him, I told him very simple. I said, "Listen, the challenge with your god." Is that you have to do this every market day My granddad had to sacrifice every market day And he's got all these gods in his room When I was younger, I used to be afraid to sleep there But as I grew older I knew that if you sleep there, you could get extra meat (laughs) So he does that every seven days So I told him, I said, the problem with your religion is you have to do this every seven days The good thing with mine is somebody came and did it for me once and for all, So I don't have to do this which is more tasking. To believe that a man has done it once and for all. Rather than for me. To, I mean, and that's how I engage my granddad. That listen, the issue is one person appeased the gods for me once and for all. You have to appease weekly. Mine is easier. You see, you can engage anybody about the faith. Starting from whatever they believe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you know, we are trained one way. Repent or go to hell. Repent or go to hell. So even we don't think. <laughs> we, we don't even think. So as we just meet up, I say, <laughs> the best I'm not prepared to say, you, you, God will you punish you. Know I mean? So you, the point is, you are not even trained to be logical, so you can't present the gospel. So once somebody brings a bit of logic, they throw us off balance. That's why we don't like Jehovah's Witnesses. Are, are you following this? So what does it call for? It calls for study. Let me go quickly. Every person has sinned against God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. So we're talking about the three key points. Every person has sinned against God. God created everybody. Everybody has sinned against God. How did everybody sin against God? Through Adam. Right? Hey, are we here? Okay. That's, that's important. Number four, Number three. Every person finds themselves separated from God... And deserving his wrath for our rebellion. So when, so let's follow the logic. God created every man. That's why I said the foundation of this is the fact that we need to understand that God created the whole world. Okay. So God created every man. Every man has fallen short of of of, of, um, of that. Separated from God. Then Jesus now at uh, Acts chapter four verse twelve. Sorry, Acts four twelve. It says. And there is salvation in no one else For there is no other name Under heaven that has been given Among men by which we must Be saved So that means for us to be reconciled Back to God Follow this now We have to Accept that name Let me give you an example Every, Not an example, statement of fact Every religion in this world Is doing something To be accepted by God Whether it's the Muslims, whether it's the Shintoists, whether it's the Baha'i Faith, whether it's the Ekanka, whether it's uh, Hare Krishna, whether it's whatever the religion is, they are doing something so they can be accepted by God. Even the man who says, My goodness will make me accepted by God. The question is, If there is no God, why are you being good? What is, what is there in your conscience that is telling you to do acts of mercy? Who put the conscience there? Who created the conscience? Romans chapter 1 says it. That even though they do not, they do not acknowledge God and retain God in his knowledge, the invisible creation makes manifest God. So every human attempt... Whether in terms of morality, African traditional religion, or whatever we do, is an attempt to be accepted by God. But this is the point. God now says, I created you, you fall short, you deserve punishment for falling short of my own creation. Now, this is my standard of mercy. I'm going to send my son to pay the price for you, and if you accept him, you will become righteous. You say, no, I don't want that. I have my own standard of goodness. I don't want to accept this sacrifice. What that just means is that you are establishing your own standard of righteousness in another man's stuff. Yeah? You are establishing your own standard of acceptance in another man's world. Like I tell the guys who talk about the big bang theory. I said, why has there been no bang ever since? Hmm? Hmm? And if if our evolution was from chimpanzee, why haven't we moved from this stage? We've been stuck in this stage for ages. So that it doesn't hold true? Because science is constantly advancing. Alright? Now, let's go here. We must not forget that salvation is not in good works. The Apostle Paul wrote, For by grace are ye saved, Ephesians two eight to nine. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Observe that word. Please put that up for me. Ephesians two eight. Not of yourself. Not of yourself. So salvation does not come of oneself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now this is where we need to create the balance. When a man now becomes born again And accepts the Lord Jesus His good works now flow out of the nature of God In him He will do the same things Let me give you an example A man wants to do something And then he does it for the whole world to see There's nothing wrong with that But when a man becomes born again God now teaches him about the power of secret giving He's still good But he doesn't even want to be known See, you know, that's why these things we introduced into the church began to cause problems. When people are giving money and then people are standing up so we know who gave what and who gave what. I don't know where we got that from. It's even, it, that, that thing is absolute, whatever it is, but it's just that absolute it. Huh? Because what Christianity teaches us is not to be conscious of ourselves. What it teaches us is not to have pride in any form. What it teaches us is that everything we have is for the worship of God Are you following this? It's not a religion of competition If not, we're not different From other religions Let's look at this now So go to Roman, Read Romans chapter 3 verse 9 to 10 and verse 23 Okay Furthermore in God's eyes Bad thoughts are no less evil than bad actions so if your thoughts are even bad, they are equal to your actions. You know, Matthew five twenty-seven to 28 says lust is equivalent to adultery. Matthew 5, 20, 21 to 22 says anger is equal to murder. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, the scripture says, Solomon says, there is none righteous, no not one. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, our righteousness is like filthy rag in the sight of God. That means we go about to establish our own standard of goodness. And I'll tell you this, right? If we don't have a standard that guides us, things will just... things will just, People will start doing stuff. People will start doing stuff. And I, I... You see, Christians need to be very careful. You see, we joke. We joke around with our faith. We joke... I posted something some days ago. I don't know how many of you saw it. That people are aggressive about evil. We can't be passive about the gospel. Let me tell you. Huh? You see, all these things we're doing, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. All these are prosperity, whatever. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. But if we come to a state where we become persecuted for our faith, hmm, all these things we have acquired will not mean anything to us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nothing. You know, the people of the other faith think it is a good thing If you are killed For not accepting their faith That is for them It is good Qualifies them for several virgins in heaven Who doesn't want a virgin Especially in heaven I mean You know on the earth You know they can come and harass you Now this one is permanent In the realm of the spirit Not one, not two, maybe seven My brother, I'll kill you Are you following what I'm saying? So, what I'm trying to say is this thing. They'll tell you, oh, that's the extreme part of it. Whatever it is. You realize. You realize. That to them, that is good. So, if you ask someone from that end, they will tell you, that's a good man. So, there's need for us to take this gospel To spread it around the world To make sure that people have access to it And I think That's where some of us began to get it wrong That should be the primary motivation For every believer to give So we can spread the word farther and faster Praise God Now Let's look at three cases in the scripture. Please follow me. This is very important. Don't miss this. Three cases in the scripture. Number one, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Very quickly, I have maybe like 20, 10 minutes more. Go to Acts chapter 10. You know the story of Acts chapter 10, right? Now, there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius. A centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. A devout man And one who feared God with all his household And gave many alms to the Jewish people And prayed to God continually Look at the story Look at the story Of Cornelius And and the the, the scripture says This man is a good man is a devout man And was given alms continually But you know what In the sight of God He didn't meet the requirement Why? Why? Because he hadn't come under the name that needs to be saved. So what happened? God now instructs him to go and fetch Peter. And that Peter will tell him words by which he will be saved. Say, go send for Peter. And he will tell you words by which you will be saved. Now that means that the arms of this man The prayer of this man As good as this man Did not qualify him to be saved Until Peter came And you can read the story when you get home What happened? Peter came and spoke words to him And he got saved Although he was morally good He was not saved You see, let me tell you What this man was doing in Acts chapter 10 verse 2 Even some Christian families don't do it A devout man who feared God with all his household He gave arms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. There are some Christians you have to teach to pray continually. That means the standards of this man was way more than even some believers. But you know the difference? We've accepted the sacrifice of Jesus. He didn't. Until words have to be sent to him. And Peter had to preach the gospel to him Now if you go through the preaching of Peter We don't have time to read that But if you go through the preaching of Peter Peter began to talk about how Jesus came And everything and everything And while he was speaking the Holy Ghost fell And then what happened? He received salvation So in verse 34 down You will get all what uh, All what Peter began to preach to him Another person is The Utopian eunuch these are people who were morally okay But they needed to be saved huh? So giving arms Is not equal to salvation The Utopian eunuch Acts chapter 8 Acts chapter 8 And verse 27 to 38 So he got up And went and there was an Ethiopian eunuch A court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopian So you know I've been to Ethiopia several times Ethiopia was the only African nation That wasn't colonized So they have what you call the Coptic Christians in Ethiopia The Coptic Christians are Christians Who (laughs) They believe they got the original version of Christianity Because of this Ethiopian eunuch That went uh, The Ethiopian eunuch that went to the feast In Jerusalem So you know when people talk about Christianity Being a white man religion If you read read the, the Bible very carefully You would see a lot of African Nations mentioned that got the gospel. Especially, you would see a lot written about Ethiopia. You would see a lot written about Egypt. Okay, Uh, Acts chapter thirteen. You would see uh, a guy there with the name Niger. N-I-G-E-R. That word is black. So it's not a white man's religion. It's it's not far from it. Far from it. Let's uh, and you know we do a lot of things. Uh, you know, in a foreign way, essentially because English is a dominant colony, and then I mean, yeah. So I mean, that just influences everything we do, and that's the mistake sometimes people make when they go to nations to preach. They try to uh, convert the people to become foreigners. You don't need to convert the people to become foreigners. You need to just teach them the gospel, and they can worship God within the context of their local church or their local environment. You know, some of the most beautiful times I've enjoyed in worship. I'm telling you the truth. Some of the most beautiful worship I've enjoyed. is not the huge songs, the Maveric music, the stuff we do here. It's when I go to nations that I don't hear their language. And then they worship God in those languages. And it's so amazing. You can sense the presence of God. You don't know what they're singing, but it's so real when you see people lift up their voice in their languages and worship the Lord. Go to Kenya and see them singing in Swahili. It's so amazing. So amazing. I don't have any clue of what they're singing. But you can just know that this is pure worship. There's something about the lifting of our culture up to God. In the purity, in its purest form. In worship to our God. In worship to our God. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. So. Um, 27. Verse what now? Verse 28, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran out and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how can I, how could I unless someone guides me? And invited Philip to come up and sit with him in the chariot. Now, you know the passage and everything. So uh, he read and Philip from that place began to explain the gospel to him from the book of Isaiah. Began to explain the gospel to him where in Acts chapter 8, And then he says what stopped me from being baptized This man went to a religious festival This man was reading The book of Isaiah But he was not saved Are you hearing what I'm saying Are you hearing what I'm saying That's why for my single brothers and sisters When you want to marry It's not just somebody who comes to church Find out if the man is saved If he has a walk with God Anybody can come to church Especially on Sundays because I'm going to just ah, I'll just be at home now. No ah, let me go and watch it. That's why you see December thirty first, the churches are full. One of the reasons I don't do December thirty first, churches are full. Everybody last minute crossing. Some people just hold their cigar, just enter, <laughs> 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 and then they just just off the thing quickly, just enter. Ah, it's our year of Omundo Our Father, open, confess all their sins, receive forgiveness. January first, don't oh, mind those stupid pastors, thieves. Want me to come and pick that? I mean, there's no, do you understand? You see, we, ha- we don't have to make people assume that they are saved. We have to take them through the gospel to understand why, first of all, they need to be saved and then willingly accept salvation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if you don't go that way, people will establish their own righteousness. Okay. Then I don't have time to talk to you about Saul. Okay. Saul, Acts 23, verse 3 to 16. He was strict, Acts chapter 22, sorry, verse 3 to 16. Please go home and read it. He was very strict with the Jewish law. Uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, he says he was the Hebrew of the Hebrews, blameless according to the law, but he was not saved. In Galatians 1, 13 to 14, he says he was zealous for the traditions of the Father. How many of you know that when Paul was killing Christians, he, he thought he was a good man? Do you think you, you thought Paul was no? The didn't think he was sinning. That's why we say when somebody say I'm a good person, the question is who is establishing that standard? Because you can establish that standard for yourself and meet your own standard and proclaim yourself good. When Paul was killing Christians, he thought he was doing God a favor. Yeah, he said he was blameless according to the law, kept all the law. He was zealous in the traditions of his fathers, but yet he was not saved. Yet to the Jews, he was a good man So our religious works Doesn't qualify us to be good That's why you find people Who deny the lordship of Jesus We do everything Christians do You say, I pray, but I pray my own way I give, I don't give my title to church I give it to widows You know, they will do everything They will take all the boxes Even you will be struggling To even say, I know even Christians Who are worse than this guy There's no way this guy will not make it no, you are not the ones to tell us who to make it. There is a standard. Accepting the lordship of Jesus is a prerequisite for salvation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said I hear what I'm saying? Yes. Ensure your friends are born again. Not just in words, but in deeds and in actions. The message of salvation is the message we need to put out there again. The more, so Christians will know exactly what it means to be saved. You know, Someone posted something the other day, and I had to call him up. I didn't want to engage him on social media. I posted something: he said, "Hey, well, Christians are like this." So I asked him. I said, "Who is a Christian?" I, I said, you call people say Christians are like this." So I said, "Who is a Christian?" He said, "There are many Christians in this country." I said, "Who told you?" I mean, people just talk. Who is a Christian? And do you know that even in Christianity, there are babies? They are baby Christians. You know, baby Christians are carnal kind of Christians. In fact, when you see a baby Christian and an unbeliever, the difference is very minute. He's a carnal kind of Christian. He has everything that a carnal kind of Christian does. There were people in the Corinthians church who slept with their father's wife and came and lifted holy hands. Paul says, even what is not mentioned among sinners is mentioned among you. It's sometimes people that we feel, oh, this is Nigerian Christianity, is African Christianity. Do you want us to open the Bible and show you what people did here? That a man would take his father's wife and show up in church. Corinthians church. They were not lacking in any of the gifts. Guys spoke tongues in church until Paul said, listen, listen. Listen, the tongues is too much. If the professor... I mean, guys will come to church and blast tongues. And, and that guy just left his father's wife dead. I mean, he just... I surrender. And the guy just into tongues. I mean, people just talk because they have anger against whatever they have anger against and people are even not logical there are a lot of Christians in Nigeria and corruption is high who told you? who told you there are a lot of Christians? there are not a lot of Christians in this nation there are a lot of people who show up on Sunday a lot of big churches but there are not a lot of Christians if there are as much Christians in this nation as we report all over the world we would have a great nation and I'm talking to you also Because we know what we all do. That's the truth. Say amen. Amen. Yeah. That's the truth. That's the truth. Where you have churches where pastors have to falsify figures so they can get promotion to a better branch. What Christians would they produce? Hello? Hello? Where are churches where every Sunday they don't teach the word? Everything is to go deeper, go deeper, papa, go deeper, papa, go deeper, papa. What kind of Christians would they produce? I mean, stop holding pastors up to a standard that you're not willing to hold yourself up to. I'd ask you a very simple question this morning. If we trace all the money you have in your accounts, will you be guilty of not stealing money? You guys that work for people, do you buy what you said you would buy? Hello? Are you still in church or are you going home? All the things you quote, is that the true price? Leave what I'm preaching. I'm talking about what you're quoting. I quote Bible, you quote, you quote, quote, whatever part you are quoting. What what you quote, if we take you up now with what the last job you did, what you reported, is that the truth? Is it my fault that you are lying? Hello? Don't worry, I'm not angry, I'm happy. But that's the thing, Because we make statements that are illogical I teach you the word of God You go out there and cheat people And then you blame me for your cheating lifestyle you, you, you are a thief That's who you are You accept the gospel and get born again Am I the one who gave you the side chick That you are cheating with your wife with Did I, did, did I introduce you to any girl? No, you did that yourself So we, we must understand When we say Christians Everybody is bearing that badge But not everybody Is born again You can have a pastor Who is not born again Hello So the day we are all ready To have this conversation We will have it But for now let's keep teaching Because it starts with everybody Not just the pulpit Through revival Starts in the pews Starts from the pulpit Everybody holds themselves accountable to the standard of the faith. So when we talk about goodness, we will all determine our goodness. You know, in this country, we have decided that to take a little bribe is not bad because everybody is doing it. You know, we have established that as a good thing. See how much even still where it they one million, one million, one million our money. You know, the day I know that this thing has entered our head was when I travelled to Ghana and then they reported that they arrested one man for stealing maybe like two million, local government official. You know, I was angry that they arrested the man. So, I sat back and I asked myself, why was I angry? And I realised that, yeah, two million, the man has not stolen now. I mean, two million, (laughs) he has not taken anything. In fact, you know, our owner is like, we know you will steal. Just tell us, will you steal more and live more for us? You know, it's it's a comparison of tips. It's not like the man will not say, God will, say oh "God will not say you will steal," but how will your stealing go? Will it benefit us? I mean, that and you don't know these things have entered into your consciousness until you find yourself in an environment and you start like, "Wow, this is not normal." Praise God! All right, so <laughs> let's look at this now. So, the only way a man can be saved is to accept the the, the gift of Christ. Christ is sinless. So, Christ has no sin. So, he's the one who is qualified to pay for our sins. I want to give you all the scriptures that say Christ is sinless. So, just write them down, okay? Christ is sinless. Isaiah 53, verse 9. Isaiah fifty three nine. Just write them quickly. Our time is up. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Isaiah fifty three nine. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Hebrews four 15. 1 Peter two twenty 1 John three five. I'll go through it again. Christ is sinless. Okay. Isaiah fifty three nine. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Hebrews four fifteen. First Peter 2.22 1 John 3.5 And when his accusers came they could find no sin in him. John 8.46 He asked them very clearly can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Jesus is the only one who stood on this earth and looked at people in the eye and said can you prove me guilty of sin? That is why for us to be righteous we have to accept his sacrifice. He's the only one was not guilty of sin, either in action or in thoughts. John 8, 46. So you can put that there. Then he is therefore the only way to God. See, we have established three things here. Just bear with me. I know our time is gone, but just bear with me. Look at this. Christ is sinless. Christ is sinless. Isaiah 53, 9. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Hebrews 4, 15. 1 Peter 2, 22. 1 John 3, 5. He confidently challenges accusers to find fault. Can any of you prove me guilty? And none did. John 8, 46. If these assertions are true, therefore Jesus is the only way to God. John fourteen six. Acts 4, 12. 1 Timothy 2, 5. If these assertions are through, these assertions are through, that means Christ is the only way to God. Three key points outside of that. Have you taken that? The sinlessness of Christ. He confidently challenges accusers to find fault. It can be proven guilty, and then he is therefore the only way to God. Key points: To think that one can be saved as a good moral person is to think that one can be saved apart from the blood of Christ. To think that one can be saved as a good moral person is to think that one can be saved apart from the blood of Christ. Number two. This means. That to think that one can be saved as a good person is to think that God needlessly and cruelly sent his son to die the worst of deaths. If a man can get to God without Christ, it means that God was cruel to send Jesus to die such a death. We watched the video on Wednesday. That cruel death on the cross for no reason. Then, number three, to think that one can be saved as a good moral person is to think that he can save himself, making both God and Christ irrelevant. If a man can be saved as a good moral person It means that person is saying Listen, I can save myself Therefore God is irrelevant Therefore Jesus is irrelevant To say a man can be saved just because he's good Means to make God and Jesus Christ irrelevant I'll give you two scriptures And then I'll give you a quote And we're done 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8 Paul says For not he that commended himself is approved But whom the Lord commended The one who commends himself is not the one who is approved, but he that the Lord commends. It's not the one who says, I'm good, that is approved, but he that is approved by God. And how is a man approved by God? By accepting the sacrifice that he offered. If a good man can be saved, then the blood of Jesus was shed in vain. Because we know that the blood of Jesus was shed for the remission of sins. Matthew 6, Matthew 26, verse 28. I'll leave you with this quote by a Christian leader. And then we can pray. These days, it's not just that the line between right and wrong has been made unclear. Today, Christians have been asked by our culture today to erase the lines and move the fences. And if that were not bad enough, we are being asked to join in the celebration cry by those who have thrown off the restraints religion has imposed upon them. It is not just that they ask that we accept, but they now demand of us to celebrate it too. This is where we'll find ourselves in our world today. And not only are they saying, listen, you guys have to accept us, but they they are almost compelling us to celebrate them. And that's why I want to urge you today to contend for the faith to contend for the faith, to stand for the faith support the faith support preachers who are teaching the truth get the word of God out there there's a dying world out there that we need to reach with the message of life praise the name of the Lord Father we thank you we thank you this morning for the sacrifice of your son again we thank you for salvation we ask Father God for those who are not saved that they will hear the truth of God's word they will come to the foot of the cross and the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of sins will be shed on their behalf I thank you Father In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Have you been blessed? Amen. Okay. Um, We're we're having good times on Wednesdays. Please try and come for the Wednesday service. How many of you have been enjoying our Wednesday meetings? Awesome. Then I want to say this, right? Quickly, while we receive our offerings, get the offerings ready. I want to thank all of you who are giving consistently and constantly. Thank you so much. Your giving is appreciated. Your giving is received. And it's helping us to preach, helping us to do what we do. I want to thank you. Especially this morning, forgiven, and uh, keep giving the Lord as the Lord prospers you. Amen, amen. Praise God. Let's pray about our offerings. Father, thank you. We call every seed blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 805 7575 God bless you.